Thanks for checking out this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts. On Twitter, it's at Jason Davis Voice. This podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com for information about voiceover services for commercials, internet and corporate videos, e-learning, phone messages, and more. Well, joining me on this episode is uh, somebody who's known me longer than anybody, my big brother, Dan. Hey, what's up? How are you today? Just ducky in this COVID world. <laughs> ducky. I like that. Ducky. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, that's cool. So um, we're going to talk about a really funny movie today and a movie that you turned me on to. I kind of resisted a little bit in the beginning when you first told me about it. Why would you resist such a thing? Well, I'll tell you why. So the movie that we're going to talk about today is Step Brothers. And the reason I resisted initially is that Will Ferrell is sort of hit or miss with me. Sometimes I love him and sometimes I just don't get it. But this movie, I get it. And he and John C. Riley together are just fantastic. Well, they've done, you know, great stuff together. I mean, if, you know, if you haven't seen Talladega Nights, A Legend of Ricky Bobby, I keep saying the same thing. It's like, I, I hate Will Ferrell, <laughs> but then I think about like, okay, well, Elfie was good. Talladega Nights, he was good. This, he was brilliant. Anchorman, he was good in. Mm-hmm. His cameo in uh, Wedding Crashers was mm-hmm. great. So I'm still trying to think why I hate him. Maybe it's just his face. You're like Rob Riggle. Yeah, you just want to punch him right in the suck hole. <laughs> And by the way, Rob Riggle is another one I love. I can't get enough of that guy. Why isn't he a bigger star? Because um, he hasn't been in really great movies. He's been in a lot of good stuff, though, but in small roles. Yeah, he doesn't get that leading man thing. I mean, he's doing that on uh, the ABC show Holy Moly, the yeah. miniature golf competition. Which is awesome. And he does his stuff on uh, Fox Sports uh, during football season. He does uh, his little pick segment and all that. But um, yeah, no, I don't know why he isn't. Yeah, I'd love to see him have a leading role in a movie because I think he's just really funny. Everything about him's funny. So Step Brothers released July 25th, 2008, directed by Adam McKay. The screenplay was written by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. The story by Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, and John C. Riley. And of course, the movie stars Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Mary Steenburgen, Richard Jenkins, Adam Scott, and Katherine Hahn. Estimated budget, $65 million. Grossed domestically, just over $100 million. 100.4 million, and worldwide, 128.1 million. So interestingly, you mentioned uh, Talladega Nights. Adam McKay actually came up with the idea for this movie while editing Talladega Nights. And uh, they met one night during the editing of that movie, you know, to kind of come up with some ideas for the next project they were going to do together. And the next day, someone in the editing room said, bunk beds, <laughs> which gave uh, McKay the idea to have the two of them play overgrown stepbrothers. What I love about them in this movie is that they totally play it like they're six or seven years old, which is awesome. Right. What are the chances of two 40-something morons <laughs> and their parents meeting and, you know, these two, you know, have to live together and they're pretty much, you know, carbon copies of each other, equal parts uh, moron. Right. And, you know, I mean, it just works. I mean, you know, when I, I remember when I first saw, I was at the theater, the, the multiplex, and I saw the stand-up or poster for it. I'm like, all right, this looks interesting, you know, with these guys. But mm-hmm. then, I'm, you know, of course, I go into my whole, like, Will Ferrell sucks kind of uh, thing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to see that. And I can't remember. I didn't see it in the theater. I, I saw it on uh, DVD, I think, at first. Okay. I'm like, 
oh my God, this is great. A little fun fact, when I was going through my uh, separation and divorce, I was stuck in the house with my ex-wife, so it was kind of like War of the Roses. <laughs> and it was on, I think it was on like HBO or one of those, you know, one of the pay channels that month. And, you know, my part of the house was a living room because it was my house, basically. She was still here. And I used, used to play this movie over and over again and just watch it <laughs> and just laugh hysterically. And it drove her freaking crazy. Yeah. I haven't seen it quite as many times as you have. I've seen it maybe three or four times now. It's slowly becoming one of my top funny movies. I would say that it's probably in my top 10, if not my top five funniest movies ever. Because it's so preposterous. It's just completely ridiculous. But the, the movie has just got so many funny lines and, and scenes that just are really great for repeat viewing. During this whole stay at home thing, mm -hmm. You know, you go through in the beginning and my kids are in high school, uh, 15 and 18 respectively. And, you know, my son had seen it and, you know, I told my daughter she wanted to watch it. I'm like, all right. Yeah. And we had seen it on, I think she saw parts of it or bits and pieces of it on cable mm -hmm. where things were edited out. But I mean, you know, she, we sat down and watched a movie and she was hysterical and she's now, I think, watched it probably more times than me where she's memorized the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> to certain scenes like you know she comes down to dinner one day and goes into the hole you know dude did you touch my drums <laughs> no <laughs> dude did you touch my drums no <laughs> but just went into that whole thing you sound insane <laughs> did you rub your balls on my drums no i was watching cops well, i know for a fact that cops doesn't come on till four i mean it's just like all that stuff you know so so many lines of this movie have become with my business partner and just in life itself i mean you start quoting these or whatever like You'll just look at a room or whatever and like, there's so much room here for activity. <laughs> I didn't want salmon. I said four times. <laughs> this house is a fucking prison. Unplanted bullshit. In the galaxy of this sucks camel dick. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, you know, and, you know, I mean, we actually went as far one time. We were creating a company for something and we actually tried to register Prestige Worldwide LLC <laughs> and it was taken. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. They were actually going to um, do a, an album of rap music in conjunction with the movie. Boats and Hoes, say what you want. I mean, obviously it's done for laughs, but it's actually a really good rap song. It's got rhymes in it that you would probably hear a real rapper do. Again, you know, another thing that my 15-year-old daughter starts, you know, doing the lyrics to, which I'm amazed that she even knows what half the shit is in that thing, but then I remember that she's 15 because I don't look at her that way, but she's still my little, you know, little princess. little princess. Yeah, and then she's like beeping herself out as she's like saying it. <laughs> so. That's funny. I do um, a video podcast on our one channel, and uh, I don't know if I can plug it here or not, but Exotica with three X's dot TV. And one of the podcasts, we do a thing called Inhuman Resources, where we interview people that work for us, basically. It's like kind of like a performance review. <laughs> for everybody and to listen to. The first one that we did, we told one of the girls that works for us, hey, you're going to come on this thing. We need you. And she's there, why? And I'm like, don't worry about it. You know, we're just going to do a you know, little thing. And yeah, she thinks she's coming on to host an interview. And then she comes on and there's Jay and I wearing matching tuxedo t-shirts. <laughs> you know, kind of like, hello, my lady. <laughs> nice. Did she get the joke or no? I don't remember if she got the joke or not. That's a great scene with uh, Seth, Rogen. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah. And just the fart, like the face that John C. Riley makes. No, I can taste it. <laughs> yeah, it's onions and... Ketchup. Ketchup. Oh, my God. It's kind of like a White Castle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a couple of interesting things. Mary Steenburgen. This is actually the second time she plays Will Ferrell's mother in a movie. She plays his stepmother in Elf. 
But she's only 14 years older than Will in real life. So technically she could, well, she definitely could be a stepmother, but. Yeah. And technically she could be a mother, biologically speaking. Yeah. The whole, did you touch my drum set scene came from a real thing. John C. Riley's brother had a band called Shark Fighter. <laughs> right. John C. Riley actually sang for the band. His brother was the drummer and he wouldn't let John touch his drum kit. He was the same way, really adamant about him not touching it. And then Riley, in an interview on uh, NPR, admitted that when his brother left the house, he would play the kit. I doubt he rubbed his balls on it, but... Yeah, and you forget, actually, you know, because, like, this thing's on some kind of basic cable, like, you know, TNT or TBS or FX or Paramount, when it, you know, whatever one of those channels. Yeah. Pretty much any given week, you can find it on there. Yeah. And then you go back and watch the movie. And then there's also, like, an unrated version out there. Right. Which I, I haven't seen the unrated one in, in a while. But, I mean, you just forget how crazy and how much profanity is in this and yeah. all that stuff. The dynamic between the two of them, mm -hmm. between John C. Riley and, um, Will, and Ferrell. Will Ferrell, is just like, you know, it's just hysterical. Yeah. I can't imagine enjoying this movie censored. I wouldn't want to watch this on regular TV because... The profanity, I think it's what makes the movie funny. I can't remember if I watched the unrated version, but I will say this. Most of the time when there's an unrated version of something available, it's not as good as the theatrical version. It's usually the pacing is kind of wonky and stuff. So I usually just prefer to watch the theatrical version of things. It usually moves better. Right. Everybody that's in this movie, I think, like even um, Derek. Adam Scott. Yeah, Will, Will, Fer yeah, Will Ferrell's brother. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he's, he's awesome in it. And his wife. Um, Catherine so, Hahn. Yeah, she's crazy in it. And, you know, the therapist. And, you know, yeah. uh, like you said, Rob Riggle, who plays uh, Randy. Uh -huh. But the best is Dr. Dominic. Jesus, uh, help me here. Uh, Richard um, Jenkins. Richard Jenkins, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, who plays, you know, the stepfather or, you know, John C. Riley's dad. He, to me, <laughs> he's the fucking best. Yeah. His reactions, the scene where... Suppose Nancy sees me coming out of the shower and decides to come on to me. I'm looking good, got a luscious V of hair going through my chest pubes down to my ball fro. She takes one look at me and goes, Oh my God, I've had the old bull, now I want the young calf. And she grabs me by the wiener. <laughs> Dale, shut the fuck up! <laughs> shut the fuck up! His reaction when, when they're uh, showing the Boats and Hose video, and he's like, wait a minute, who's steering the boat? <laughs> And when the boat crashes, he's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> he reacts, it's hilarious. Oh it's the God. best. It's the best. He was the dad on um, Six Feet Under on HBO. Yeah, well, there's like, yeah, like flashbacks or actually his ghost or yeah, whatever on there. Right. Nobody can play an idiot like Will Ferrell. Yeah. So maybe that's why we don't like him is just because, you know. I, no, I love Will. I, I actually have grown to love him. Like, I, oh, I'll watch anything. Far. I don't know. I, he makes me laugh. I always enjoyed him when he was on SNL. So on this like website ranker, you know, where they just rank different things and the number one quote that they rank though, mm -hmm. it's where they become best friends. Oh, I love that. But is that the best quote in a movie? It's pretty funny. On the count right, of three. Your, your favorite your... dinosaur. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. <laughs> favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. Good, Good housekeeping. housekeeping. <laughs> if you're a chick, who's the one guy you'd sleep with? John, John Stamos. Stamos. What? <laughs> Did, Did we, we just become, become best friends? friends? Yup. You want to do karate in the garage? Yep. <laughs> but to me, that's not the, I mean, it's a, it's great or whatever, but I mean, you know, the, there's like, number two was the hearing devices one. Yeah. Where he's there. You jagaloons, you're failures. Failures. <laughs> hey, you're embarrassing yourself. You geriatric fuck. <laughs> two things. You keep your liver spotted hands off my beautiful mother. She's a saint. <laughs> and you sit down and you write Dale and Brennan a check for $10,000. <laughs> 
<laughs> or I'm going to shove one of those fake hearing devices so far up your ass, you can hear the sign, your small intestine as it produces shit. <laughs> I mean, to me, like, that's better. Or, you know, uh, I mean, to me, the drum set scene is just always the best. Yeah. Here's another good one. Why do you have Randy Jackson's autograph on a martial arts weapon? Because I bumped into him, and all I had on me was this samurai sword, and you're not going to not get Randy Jackson's autograph, right? Huh. This thing has become so much of a part of, you know, at least my life. Yeah. And even with business, like we used to do a show uh, with one of the events that I do. We used to do it down in Miami. And the funny thing is in South Beach and the hotel we actually stayed at was the Catalina. Okay. So we are meet and greet. And to this day forward, it doesn't matter where we could be. We could be at the Sheridan in Edison, New Jersey, or, you know, the embassy suites in Rosemont, Illinois, wherever we are, <laughs> our Thursday night meet and greet is always the Catalina wine mixer. Now. <laughs> it's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Pow! 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 <laughs> Why do you keep doing that? I'm surprised they never made a sequel out of it. And I know there was talks at one point to do a sequel of it. Yeah, I think some things are better left unsequelized. It could work, but I don't know. It probably would just be more of the same. And unless they have enough of a difference going on, it would probably feel like a money grab. Well, the chemistry with these two guys is because, I mean, I've seen Will Ferrell's been all right in some other movies and, yeah. you know, bit parts and things like that. John C. Riley is never as, as funny as he is as when he's working with Will Ferrell. Did you ever see um, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story with him? It was good. Yeah, that was funny. He played Oliver Hardy in a, a biopic of Laurel and Hardy. Oh, that's cool. He was actually really, really good at it. Obviously, Boogie Nights, he was really good in mm -hmm. and... He's a great actor, but just as a, as a comedic actor, I mean, you know, he's never been as good as in, you know, in Step Brothers or even, you know, Talladega Nights. Yeah, I think you're right. The chemistry between these two guys really uh, plays out well in the movie. Will Ferrell, I used to think that he was just better in smaller doses. You mentioned uh, his cameo in Wedding Crashers. He does a similar cameo in another Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson movie, uh, The Internship. He's very funny in that, too. I really, I think... Maybe this movie was the one that really made me fully appreciate how funny he is. Again, I always enjoyed him on SNL and in smaller doses, but Elf, he's really good. This, he's really good. Daddy's Home. He did that movie with Mark Wahlberg that I got to watch again because I don't really remember. The other guy's great movie. Yeah, I got to watch that again, too. Yeah, like Wahlberg's another one, though, too. I mean, you know, usually I say I can't stand him, but then, you know, I watch something. I'm like, all right, yeah, well, you were in Ted, so greatest movie ever. Yeah, I mean, Ted is fantastic. And that's one where the sequel, by the way, is as good as, if not better than... I'll, I'll, I'll actually say that I've enjoyed watching Ted 2 more than the original because the problem with the original movie is, is too serious sometimes. You know, with the relationship with the girlfriend and then when, you know, when he gets uh, torn apart and all that stuff and kidnapped. Anyway, we don't want to get, get off track here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another great Will Ferrell movie, uh, The Campaign. Love it was it. all right. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad. Yeah. A couple of other... Fun facts about this movie. The high school where Brennan loses to Derek in the talent contest was actually named after Adam McKay's real high school. What, what was the name of the high school again? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Fuck, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> um, it was the Great Valley High School, by the way. Oh, okay. Great Valley High School. That's right. When they're in the room and they're, and they're using the, the night vision goggles and they take them off, in the background, there's a sign for Hugelow's Pizza, which is the name of the place that Will Ferrell's character worked for in uh, Talladega Nights after he lost his job as a race car driver. Ah. So a little throwback to that movie. John Hamm and Thomas Lennon both auditioned and were pretty close to getting the role of Derek, Adam Scott's role. I think either one of them would have been great in that role too, because they're both so very funny. John, John Hamm definitely. Who yeah. was the other one again? Thomas Lennon. 
He was uh, on Reno 911. Um, he's done a lot of bit stuff. Very funny. Did you ever see Where the Millers? Yes. In the beginning, when uh, he bumps into the guy in the in the minivan, he's like, "Facebook me, we'll get weird." That's Thomas Lennon. <laughs> Adam Scott was great, and I think John Hamm would have been awesome in it. Yeah, definitely. The dog shit that Brennan's forced to eat by Chris Gardaki <laughs> was made from powdered donuts, as you probably could have <laughs> guessed. The playground bully, Chris Gardaki, is named after an NFL punter he, who played uh, for the, the Bears, the Colts, the Browns, and the Steelers. So toward the end of filming, Richard Jenkins, who plays uh, John C. Riley's dad in the movie, was talking to Riley about both being from Chicago. And during the conversation, Jenkins realized that he had worked for John C. Riley's dad in the summer of 1969 and had met John Jr. when he was four years old. So uh, how crazy is that that they end up working together all those years later? Very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so there weren't a lot of trivia facts. I was trying to find some other fun stuff. But I guess this isn't one of those movies, that, you know, that's going to have a lot of behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. It's just really funny. You just look at uh, with um, Derek, the whole sweet child of mine uh, yeah. thing when they're in there. And just the fact that, I mean, just some of the things that they're referencing, like, we got to get home for the Dane Cook pay-per-view. <laughs> Dane Cook pay-per-view, 20 minutes, let's go. I mean, he is the ultimate douchebag. The so Range was, was Rover. I the, was I the douchebag older brother? Nah, no way. Obviously, over the years, we've clashed. Because you and I have very different personalities for the most part. But I think as the older we get, the less that gap is for me. I feel like, like, I feel like our relationship is the best it's been probably in our whole lives. Right. And Adam Scott, I mean, he's done some, some comedy, but not as much comedy, really. I mean, you know, obviously Parks and Rec. Which he was very good. On, very different character TV. in that show. Yeah, but I mean, he's been mainly in Hellraiser and Star Trek movies, you know, The Aviator. I mean, so he's been in a bunch of like serious movies. He had a show a couple of years ago with um, Craig Robinson on Fox. They were paranormal investigators. That TV show is awful from what I remember. I, I watched a couple episodes. It wasn't, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it didn't last. I think it got canceled before the first season finished. I thought he was really good on Parks and Rec. And, and like I said, a very different character from what he plays in this movie. I mean, he's a, kind of a nerdy character on the show. And right. He's very good. He's the only one that doesn't do the singing, by the way, in the movie. Uh, he's not, so everybody else is singing? Yeah, everybody else in the car is singing. Will Ferrell sings. John C. Riley actually plays drums. Not that that's saying much, because it's not like he's really, you know... He's a pretty good drummer. Yeah. Did you know that Brennan saw the shot where he, you know, he puts his ball bag on the uh, the drums? Mm -hmm. Those are those are prosthetic testicles. Right. They cost $10,000 to produce. That's crazy, right? And Will Ferrell kept them. Yeah. Well, of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> like, who wouldn't want to keep a pair of giant fake testicles? I would love to see the first version of the movie. The first version of the movie was five hours long. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes and less they is more. down though. to 98 for the theatrical release. But, yeah. I mean, can you imagine, like, this thing going on for five hours? I wonder, like, you know, like, what got cut out? You almost wonder. I would imagine that that includes alternate takes. So that's probably what a lot of that stuff is. And they just chose the best one for the movie. All the stuff in the treehouse is really funny, too, with the porno mags. <laughs> when uh, Dale brags about having, uh, I got them from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It's like masturbating in a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Katherine Hahn for a minute. She has been great in everything I've seen her in. She elevates anything that she's in. She's just very funny. She was in um, Bad Moms, Where the Millers. This is Where I Leave You, a great ensemble movie with Tina Fey and Jason Bateman and some other people. Every role that I see her in, she's a little different. Like, she's got tremendous range. Bad Words she was in with uh, Jason Bateman. 
Right. I love her. I, I think she's fantastic. The scene where she uh, says to John C. Riley that she wants to roll him up in a little ball and shove him up her vagina <laughs> and all that. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then like you'll move around and, and I'll know you're there when I feel the tickle of your hair and all that kind of stuff. She totally improvised that scene. It's just like one of those things where everything works. You, it's like one of those movies where you just think this is going to be the worst movie ever just by premise. Will Ferrell, I mean, he just has a habit, I guess, of being in things like when you like read the treatments of it or the synopsis of a movie. Well, he's an overgrown elf. That, right. You know, that was adopted and you know and like okay this is going to be horrible but you know becomes a Christmas classic or he's going to be a race car NASCAR driver I hate NASCAR <laughs> but I watched that movie I was just watching it again the other day I mean it's just yeah, you know I have to check that out it's just a great movie and I'm trying to get you know my kids to watch it because I'm like Guys, you love Step Brothers. You're gonna love this movie. And like, I don't want to watch it. I hate NASCAR. I'm like, but it's not about NASCAR. You gotta watch it. Yeah, he fully commits. I think that's the magic of Will Ferrell. He completely commits to whatever he's doing, no matter how moronic it is. So when he's playing Brennan, I'm watching the movie and I'm going, I'm not seeing Will Ferrell. I'm seeing like a six or seven year old kid in a giant man's body. That's how good he is, you know. And and you were saying before how you read about the the premise of this movie and you go, oh, that's just gonna be really bad, really stupid. And that's exactly how I think we both felt when we saw Ace Ventura Pet Detective. I don't know if you remember, you and I saw that for the first time in the old Cinema 35 on Route 4 in Paramus. Right. That's no longer there. We went into it with really no expectations. We were like, it's a dollar for the tickets or a dollar 25, whatever the fuck it was. It costs less than renting the movie. So if it sucks, no big deal. And it turned out to be one of the, the funniest things ever. And I think that's the thing. Will Ferrell and, and Jim Carrey are very similar in how they really fully commit to whatever they're doing, no matter how ridiculous it is. Getting back to Step Brothers. So the Catalina wine mixer. So there was a guy who, you know, actually moved to Catalina from England, right? And he became a corporate director of special events at the Catalina Island Company, right? And the, one of the first things he asked was, because he's seen the movie, so when is the Catalina wine mixer? <laughs> and they're telling him that it's completely fictional. <laughs> But he actually said, well, why should it be fictional? So at a beach club in Catalina, they actually have now like a Catalina wine mixer. And they've had everybody from uh, G-Love and Special Sauce play it. And they have DJs and the Whalers. Does Uptown Girl play there? No. <laughs> they don't have Uptown Girl. They don't have uh, stri strictly, strictly 80s. 80s Joel. Yeah, <laughs> 80s Joel. <laughs> but I wonder, like, because, you know, obviously they had to get clearance probably from Billy right. Joel. So I wonder what Billy Joel's whole take on it is. Like, how do you explain that? So you're the producer or you're trying to get the licensing for this movie and you call up Billy Joel and say, look, we want to, you know, have feature some of your songs, but we only want to do your really bad song. <laughs> they probably didn't pitch it to him that way. It's my <laughs> guess. But yeah, I think that's... Uh... But That's they have funny. to like tell him like you know that they're you know kind of making fun of his music. I think Billy Joel has a pretty good sense of humor. I don't think he takes himself that seriously. Hopefully. So you mentioned earlier that they had talked about doing a sequel. Did you read anything about that? Adam McKay, you know, the director and writer, he had spoken about a potential storyline for uh, a follow up. Yeah, you know, they really don't want to do it because the movie is so beloved, you know, and like everybody just loves it, and they don't want to ruin a good thing. Mm -hmm. But he had this whole story where uh, Dale and uh, Brennan, they move and they follow their, you know, their parents in a retirement community <laughs> and try to convince them that they earn the right to retire as well. You know, they've been doing it. So then they move back in. I'm sure it would be funny, but again, would it build on the greatness of this movie? Probably not. It would just be sort of more of the same. I think the reason that Ted 2 works for example, is because you have the whole thing where he's fighting for his, his human rights and you have the character of, uh, you know, that Amanda Seyfried plays and Morgan Freeman. So you have like all this other stuff, the stuff at Comic-Con, you have enough stuff that makes it different enough from the first movie that it's funny. 
and it's worth watching. Whereas if they did a sequel to Step Brothers, it sounds like it would just be, you know, a different version of the same movie. Well, and everybody says, I don't know if you've seen Anchorman, and some people love Anchorman, some people hate it. People like really panned Anchorman too. Yeah, I definitely have to watch Talladega Nights. That's up there is like one of those movies that are just hysterical. I think of some of these movies that Will Ferrell, like again, going back to Will Ferrell that he has been in, and there's some of the better comedies of, you know, the, the last, you know, couple of decades. Uh, Wedding Crashers, I mean, he makes yeah. a cameo in, which is a great movie. Uh, right. Old School. Yeah, Old great School movie. is good. Yep, Frank the Tank. I would be welcome with open arms to a Step Brothers sequel. John C. Riley has said that he's down to do it. Will Ferrell said he's down to do it. I'd love idea. to see more movies with the, these two guys in it, you know, because, I mean, they have done a great idea. Step Brothers, you know, too, would be awesome. Uh, whether it happens or not, who yeah. knows? Well, I appreciate you taking the time, and we'll have to figure out what we're going to talk about next. So thanks for uh, joining uh, me for this episode. I appreciate it. Step Brothers, a fun movie and definitely worth repeated viewing. Oh, without a doubt. The Screen Facts with Jason Davis podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Again, you can visit us at jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, internet or corporate video, e-learning, phone message and more. And if you want to get in touch, you can email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening.